You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When we get down on, her, on our knees, asked her to marry us and she said no you feel up you know do you want to lose david no nobody wants to win. everybody wants to win i want players that hate to lose plain and simple i want players that i know when the game is over they are crawling into the locker room help get me a gear off and it's going to take time to get in the shower I want the buses to be late to the airport we all handle the thing differently and it's and it's hot Folds, turning my microphone volume up for you guys because you couldn't hear you that. I'm a sore loser. I am a sore loser. The Panthers have lost now four straight. Today's loss comes at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 24 to 17, where Cam Newton threw four picks and uh, was off. This game uh, was Cam Newton's worst of the season. Carolina Panthers had were still around, surprisingly, with some opportunities to win late, and it did not happen. We're here with you, Panther Nation, to get through this loss together. My name's Tony Dunn. I'm the host of the C3 Panthers podcast here tonight with Joe Riolano, Sleepy Joe. How you doing, Joe? Oh, I would be doing a lot better if we were doing this show after a win, that's for sure. Um... Well, let's uh, let's put on our big boy pants and talk about next season. <laughs> Cody Lashney in the house producing the show. Thank you, Cody, for joining us in this uh, morning moment. And when I say morning, I'm in the M-O-U-R-N type of morning moment. Cody Lashney, welcome to the post-game show. 
Happy to be here no matter what, win, lose, or draw, C3 podcast, we do our thing. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I've already made my piece, man. After we lost to Seattle, uh, I I felt like that was what our season needed the most. So I'm not really even surprised. Um, It it was just as soon as our defense starts to play well, then our offense goes to crap and vice versa. Uh, There's a lot of bad, but – I don't know. I guess ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's talk about it. All right. The number is 252-228-5098, where you can join the C3 postgame show. The Panthers fall in epic fashion. It's just a total collapse today. Cam Newton really struggled throwing four picks. Let's go ahead and cue that up, Cody. Cam Newton on the day was 28 of 41 with 300 yards and two TDs. But the interceptions today proved to be too much for the Panthers to overcome. While the defense struggled early in this game, Carolina's offense just was up and down, and the most up and down of those was Cam Newton. Throwing here in the worst, I think his worst throw of the season so far was that, uh, I think that might have been the second interception of the day. Yes. So it's tough. It was tough, guys. And and I'm going to turn it over to Joey to start. Is Cam Newton has really been the one of the main positive components of this year's season, the constant, the steady. And uh, he even said last week he's playing his best season of football, and today was among the worst uh, uh, games of his career, arguably. Yeah, this was really bad. Um surprisingly bad considering how well he has played all season long. Um, For me, I feel like he tried to do too much today. Like, he took it upon himself to to try to make things happen. Um, that that second pick, the the one that Cody showed there, he stared the guy down the whole time. I mean, it was completely obvious where the ball was going. Uh, I so think, much- though, strangely, I think strangely on that play, Joey, he actually read the defense right, and the defensive player didn't take the right guy and kind of go to get McCaffrey in the flat. He stayed on on the slant, which was a great defensive play, but Cam's got And, you know, that's a mistake Cam Newton could not make. Frankly, he's had the type of year where you don't expect him to make that throw. Um, I, and uh, I gotta be honest, guys. Another problem I think is the number of attempts Cam has forty-one. Now maybe that's because you know we're trying to play catch-up, but that number of attempts just seems unusually high. It seems like it's too many pass attempts. Again, maybe that's just because we had to put the ball in the air to try. And you know, get back, get back to a tie. 
Yeah, I, when when nothing's working for you and when nothing's going right is that it, it does throw the balance of the game off. Cody, a lot of chat in the chat room among people who are saying, look, this is an indication that Ron, that Cam Newton's shoulder is hurt and that he you, you see him not able uh, this season really to connect th- that deep, right, is that the deep ball just hasn't been there for him. We have defended it, saying it just hasn't been the, the the type of offense that they've been calling. But today, a windy day in Tampa Bay, and Cam Newton throwing a lot. Could have seen some fatigue showing late in the season with that shoulder. Definitely didn't look like he had the same, the same zip that we're accustomed to seeing on the football. When you're putting in Taylor Heineke at the end of the game to throw the ball deep into the end zone over Cam Newton – you know there's a problem. And, and there was even a play um, earlier in the football game. It was that read option, and Cam kept the ball after the defensive end crashed down, and he just went to slide. And it, it it reminded me of that exact play against the Chargers in 2016 when he hurt that shoulder again, and he got up wincing. Um, yeah, listen, today was a bad game from Cam Newton. And, you know, I've – there are people that call me that Cam Newton apologist, and I, I make excuses for him. And I, I'm not making excuses for anyone. Uh, what I am saying is, is that you know, people, you know, I, I love the draft. I love college football. I love evaluating talent and players. And everyone sends me messages, and they're like, "It has to be defensive line, defensive line, defensive line. We have to draft three or four. You know, we need a dominant pass rush." But what people are just now starting to see is that we have a bad offensive line and we have a kind of a makeshift offensive line that isn't giving Cam enough time to throw the football on one of those interceptions. And uh, the ones I'm talking about, we don't have pulled up right now, but he had no time to step into the throw. So that's why the ball uh, didn't make it as far as it needed to be. And then another one was tipped, Um, you know, I don't blame I don't blame Cam Newton for trying to make plays, for trying to push the ball down the field. But then there's, you know, that first interception that we showed. Uh, every once in a while, there is a, a, a play in the season where Cam Newton just doesn't see the defender floating underneath, and, and he, he pays for it. Um, listen, it, it was a bad performance. It was a bad performance. It was a bad performance. There's nothing else to say. Um, to Carl D in the chat, uh, you know, he says the O-line has been doing good. I beg to differ every single game. Even if he's not being sacked, uh, the, the defensive line is always right in his face. Uh, they're able to push our offensive linemen back. And it's they just, have been uh, adequate though, this season, but uh, yeah. Jeff San, Jeff San on Facebook echoing your sentiments, Cody saying blame the offensive line, uh, not given the time for Cam Newton. And I don't, and I'm not. I think this is that I think that out of all the problems that we expected or were willing to accept this season, I guess is that we thought that the offensive line was going to be at the top of those, and it hasn't. Is that the while. While there, what I would say is what you're pointing to when it comes to draft. I do wholly agree, Cody, that you are not going to be able to just go seven picks on defense for people who want to do that. You're really going to have to invest this entire draft, I think, in both in linemen, offensive yeah. and defensive. 
What you saw today is that you saw Ryan Khalil at the end of his career. You saw Chris Clark, who was called uh, at home, eating a bag of potato chips in like week five or week four. And he has started all season and played admirably, I think. But at the same time, the whole component that we're talking about here is that this is not sustainable. There's three positions on that line that if you don't need start, you may need starters. And at the very least, you need two starters and one rotational player. So this is going to be very difficult going forward. But I I mean, while the offensive line was not at its best today and gave up some of the, the most sacks probably it did all season, Cam Newton was also at his worst today. A lot of people calling for this. Shut Cam Newton down, put him on IR, uh, and save him, at, spare him from more damage that could be caused by more hits, like you mentioned in that 2016 season. Joey, I'll turn yeah. it over to you, and then we're going to get into the calls. How do you feel about uh, the Panthers shutting down Cam Newton for the remainder of the season? I am in 100% agreement with that sentiment. I think that is the best possible thing they could do for the organization and for Cam. No need in having him finish out the year when we know as fans and they know within the organization this team isn't going anywhere. Shut him down. What is so amazing to me is this, is we're sitting at 500 after a 6-2 and two season where a performance in week maybe five, maybe uh, the last time we won, who was the last t- team we beat? Baltimore? Uh, I'd have to look at the schedule. I want to say, yeah. That's crazy. We were after the dominant performance over Baltimore – we were so hopeful going into this season, what this season could become. While we watched the uh, the Saints just descend, at the same time, we thought we were strong contenders, contenders for that wild card spot at six and two. Now we sit at five hundred at six and six, and we're realistically talking about shutting down our starting quarterback for the season because uh, what the the writing is on the wall. What a tri- what a fall from grace that is for the Panthers. Like I said, this is collapse at its fullest. Let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls. We want to make continue to make sure that the fans are the driver of this show. The number is 252-228-5098. I encourage you to smash the thumbs up button. If you're watching on YouTube, turn your phone to portrait mode. Hit that thumbs up button. It doesn't cost you a thing. If you're watching on Facebook, Share this video in a a Panthers group. What we want to continue to do is build the strongest uh, and most interactive Panthers fan podcast out there. And we do that by letting you continue to drive the show. And here's our first call of the day. (laughs) What's going on, guys? Here's Brother Herbert. Uh, We just lost to the Buccaneers. All we can do is laugh about this. This is hilarious. But I tell you what, the one good thing is, because if anybody has heard uh, David Kemper recent interview, he might, he might, uh, Ronald there might not make it <laughs> after this week. So that's a good thing. <sighs> what can he say? What can he say? 
Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Defend it all you want, Tony. Defend it all you want. Cody or whoever else wants to defend it. <laughs> Those were egregious picks. It was, it was bad. It was horrible. And I just don't know, like, like, I really, really just don't know. It's, uh, we just lost to the Bucks, guys. Like, we suck. We, we're not going to make the playoffs. And, while we're there, you realize the Bucks, top three cornerbacks, which they suck, by the way, but still did not make it. Uh, they didn't, uh, top, top three cornerbacks didn't play. And he throws almost five picks. Should have been five picks. Like, I just don't get it. But we're not a playoff team. That's the good news, guys. We'll probably have a good pick where we can uh, actually draft some, you know, rushers and all that kind of stuff. So, hey, might as well look at it as a positive because Ron Rivera is most definitely, I believe, that she's not going to make it past the, to the end of the season. So, hey, let's go. Like, uh, what can we do? All um, right. So, anyway, guys, uh, I'm actually not in a bad mood at all. This is just funny. All right, you're getting booted on that right there. Brother Herbert, not above pettiness, saying don't defend Cam Newton, you dang Cam Newton uh, defenders. Now, I did see somewhere in the YouTube chat uh, earlier because of this is that that they were the positive to this is that this really kind of just puts a nail in the coffin to uh, the Panthers' season in a way that does allow us to look to really make it a determination of what we wanted to continue to do going forward, you know, is that now the playoffs are out of sight, likely it seems. And the, and the loss was, is such a deflating and it's been such a deflating four games is that today reports emerged confirming what we have been suspicious of is that if this continued collapse, this collapse occurred, that um, Ron Rivera, that David Tepper would be more and more interested and has been consulting advice about how to approach this. Cody, do you think this right here today, wow, this loss to me was a lot on Cam. There, I, mean, I, I think that one of the things I highlighted is there was a third down conversion where Cam was sacked and it was after the timeout. This was in the fourth quarter. We picked it. We had to call a timeout. As the clock ran down, we go in there and you're thinking four minutes left. This is a fourth quarter. I mean, a four down. You're in four down territory. We did end up going for it on fourth and 10, but the clock ran down all the way to zero where JPP was able to jump the snap because it was going to be either snapped at the last second or a delay a game. And I think how did Cam come out of that timeout? and not was not able to get this team lined up quick enough to where at least you have three seconds. If you just give the def, keep the defense guessing just a hair about when you're going to snap the ball. So Cam Newton with an awful game, his awful performance of the year. Do you think that Cam Newton's performance contributes to Ron Rivera being outed in Carolina, Cody? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I want to add a little tidbit that I just found, and I think everybody listening will find it to be um, 
very telling. So uh, this is at the press conference, and I haven't heard this. I'm just reading it on Twitter. Uh, Jordan Rodriguez asked uh, Ron Rivera about the CBS report, and he says unless David Tepper says it publicly, he's not going to talk about job security. She then followed up and asked if he's concerned about his job security, and he said, do not ask that question again. So... Listen, it's apparent to everyone now. It's apparent to our reporters. It's apparent to, um, I, I think, even people inside the organization at this point in time. Uh, listen, two things can be true at once. And people need to understand this about Cam Newton. Am I a Cam Newton defender? Yes, absolutely I am. And I will be until the day that I die. And I don't give a damn if anyone likes it or not. But this is what I will say. There, two things can be true at the same time. Cam Newton did not have a good game. He did not have a good game. But this is what's happened. Cam Newton has been the only shining star on this Panthers offense, maybe outside of Greg Olson, for such a long time that you're so used to him absolutely turning it on and making absolute magic happen that when he doesn't, you put all the blame on him. And I'm saying that's unfair. Did he have a bad day today? Absolutely. And no one on this show, no one anywhere is going to say that Cam Newton didn't have a bad day. Okay, that's apparent. But at the same time, I'm positive that Cam Newton is hurt, that he's injured. That's why we're asking each other to be shut him down for the season. And we're also, you know, we have a bad offensive line. And when you're forced to throw the football under pressure all the time, then it, it, it leads to problems. So... Yeah, I honestly do think uh, Ron Rivera is on his way to being fired before the season even ends. That's I, right, I honestly believe that Ron Rivera might be out sooner than later. Here's our next call. Hey, Panther Podcast. This is G. Cavassier. <sighs> Lost the damn game. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. It came through four damn interceptions. I just I don't understand. After the third one, I would have pulled him if I was damn wrong. And now, breaking news, breaking news. I am officially on the fire the Ron Rivera train. I'm done with him, man. I am done with him. There's no way in hell Jason Pierre Paul is getting the can damn near the whole entire game. You mean to tell me you couldn't get somebody to double him? Nothing at all? I don't understand. And I was fooled by the defense. I really was. But the defense was playing good. And then third and long, they was killing us the whole damn game. I mean, I really don't get it. But I'm officially on the fire Ron Rivera train and Eric Washington. Now, this is just me. It's still early. But in my opinion, if Marvin Lewis gets let go from the Cincinnati Bengals, bring him to Carolina to be the defensive coordinator. Not the head coach, the defensive coordinator. Bring his ass to Carolina, and we need a new damn coach because Ron Rivera, he lost a damn team. Just admit it. But uh, we're 6-6. Six and six. It looks kind of dreary, but, hey, I'm still pounding with my boy, so remember, keep pounding, baby. All right, G. Cavassier, thanks for calling in the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098, and it looks like, I mean, even when the questions about Ron Rivera's job security are floating into the post-game show, you know things are serious. 
And finally, we saw this is that the well, we saw today again that the Panthers have been atrocious on third down. They have not been able to get off the field, but the defense did after surrendering four turnovers. The defense did um, hold this team, this Tampa Bay team, to 24 points, and which is is admirable in its own right. But today, Joe Person reported this was in the third quarter that Ron Rivera appears to have taken over the play calling for uh, Eric Washington today. We knew that something to this effect was going to come. This is something visually you can do to show that you are trying to right the ship. Uh, So more evidence that Ron Rivera and the Panthers are just imploding even at the top. And I would prefer, I think, Todd Bowles over Marvin Lewis personally when it comes to defense. But I think what you're going to need to do is if if you do fire Ron Rivera – Let's turn this over, Joey. We were talking about this before or early in this game as things started out poorly for the Panthers that we were talking about, hey, is that if Ron does get fired, that this is the question is, or do you keep Ron and do you fire Marty Herney in an effort to keep Norv Turner? And I'm starting more and more to think that if you make any moves at all, it's a complete and wholesale change, not because one person, not because Norv hasn't done well, not even because Ron isn't even just a decent to good coach. But if you are going to change, make a distinct change rather than Band-Aid type change. Joey, do you think Ron Rivera lasts beyond this season after today? Are we overreacting? Or do you think Tepper is truly interested in changing the culture in Carolina? Oh, I... I really have to feel no matter what he does, um, there's no way he keeps his job at this point. I think he ever probably has seen it. Honestly, guys, I'm forward to not win the game today. I really expected us to, to go down and, and pull out the W. I mean, really. And the fact that we didn't, it is evidence enough that we have have um, fallen. The team was lost somewhere. We lost our way, and it's been four weeks that the coaching staff has had to get everything back in order. But we're still jumping off times. We're still having false starts. Um, and and that kind of lack of discipline, lack of focus, for four weeks in a row, and that comes down to coaching. You have to have the guys ready, and it, it's four weeks in a row now that we've seen the coaches can't get the guys motivated, can't get them motivated, can't keep them focused, and at this point, I think Ron is gone. Um, I, I'm curious because I, I feel like Tepper will let him play out the season. But, Tony, you brought up a good point earlier when I mentioned this. You said if, if uh, Tepper fires him now, he'll get a jump or a head start on, on looking for um, start that search for talent. But as you mentioned that, 
Um, you said at the same time, let Herney go so we can find a new GM who would come in and be part of the um, search for the head coach. Cody, I'm going to turn it over to you on this comment, and because I've got something to still say on this, is that uh, Jeff Sand on Facebook says, guys, how shocked would you be to wake up Monday morning and hear Ron Rivera was fired? At the point, which is strange, this is so crazy that we are really truly having this conversation with the winning, probably the most successful coach in Panthers history who started out 6-2 and two this season, but it shows you the type of collapse here. What do you see the benefits of – do you see the Panthers firing Ron Rivera before the end of the season now? Not only just talking about firing him, but could you see the benefits and the positives in doing that? Uh, yeah, I, I really do. Uh, I'm, and, and listen, it's, it's time to do it, man. And, you know, we've said this before. Uh, we've said this on the show. If everyone's been, you know, following us, which of course they have. We have some diehards. But um, we've been saying that it's not like Ron Rivera is a bad head coach, but he has done for us all that he is able to do. And I'm sorry. Yeah, it's players haven't been making plays uh, on both sides of the football when it matters the most, but that's on coaching. When you're a head coach, you're paid to do one job, and that's make sure that your guys are ready and prepared. So, Tony, for example, you mentioned, you know, when they weren't, uh, they weren't hurrying up uh, and they were taking so much time to get back to the football, you have to practice that. You have to be in those scenarios, and your coach dictates what different types of scenarios you're going to be going through uh, throughout the course of your practice week. So, yeah, it's 100% on coaching. Um, listen, I don't dislike Ron Rivera, the man. I think he's a man of incredible integrity. He's been a great locker room guy. But um, it's it, it's time, man. Uh, and another thing that I don't want to let uh, leave, I'm sure we can get to it down the road, but today you may have seen Greg Olson play his final snap of football ever. And I want that to sink into everyone because one of the things I do want to mention is that this organization, I genuinely feel, has wasted some of the primes of some incredibly talented football players. And Ask the next Steve time Smith. Steve Smith. <laughs> uh, I, I, absolutely, man. Um, th- th- there have been so many good ones. And, uh, you know, we still have Cam. Now we're wondering about how healthy Cam's shoulder is. Um, it, it, it's a problem. Uh, Ron Rivera, we need to pull the Band-Aid off now. All right, so here is that uh, I'm, we're going to go right back into the cat calls. My position on the coaching staff and what uh, David Tepper should do, and I've really been leaning towards this for several weeks now, as in it's just an either-or. You either decide to stick with Marty Herney and Ron Rivera and see where it goes where once one more season. But I do think now that this collapse has been so complete that it has ended a lot of those that some or it's continued to undermine some of the the sanctity of 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 Ron Rivera being just a better than average coach 
right? And that has been, it's almost like, hey, let's stick with what's comfortable and familiar when you're continuing. You can say, well, there's injuries. There's these other things that have been going on that uh, the, the defense just hasn't been there for Ron Rivera. The changeover and assistant coaches has been difficult with three continued third consecutive year with a different, uh, essentially a dif- different defensive coordinator. All of those things are true, and I do think Ron Rivera has been able to point those out to you and highlight those in the past because in November and December, this team has been strong. But this slide has continued, and what I would do, the order of events I would do, is I would fire Marty Herney next this week. And then what I would already do is say, look, we've decided that we're going to make courting the best possible option at GM, the number one priority of this organization. We're going to already have the inroads done for that by the end of the season, hopefully. Then Ron Rivera, you let him coach to the end because without a GM there, you know he knows the writing is on the wall for him. But he can't quit as a head coach on you because he needs to continue to pad his resume for next year as hopefully – uh, an option maybe for a team like the Bears who hired John Fox in those years looking for a, a coach that's just better than average. So to me, it goes full sale change, starting with a commitment from a GM who has a vision, whether that is a vision that works out and is better than the Carolina Panthers have done under Ron Rivera. I don't know. But I think half changes are worse than no changes and full changes come with risk but also come with reward. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be on the C3 Panthers podcast. Hey, guys. How you doing, Tony? How you doing, Cody? This is when you know. I'm sorry, but this is when you know it's over. When a big fan just stops caring, a diehard fan, when you just stop caring after losing the game, like, oh, well. So, Cody, please tell us the draft picks we might be able to get. Please. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know who you're looking at. Please let us know. Thanks, guys. Cody, I know, I know you've said – Cody, I know you've said repeatedly that you're going to do more and more investing as as the draft does approach. But here, in a in a ideal world, we're going to need help on offensive line and defensive line. Give me one player who doesn't play on Clemson. That would be good for the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. Well, I mean, they, see, okay, see, it depends on our draft order. Um, right now, uh, if I'm being honest, I, I kind of do think that we need to address the offensive line uh, uh, effective pronto. And I, I there's a player, uh, his name escapes me right now. I'm, I'm pulling it up. Is it the but, Alabama um, left tackle? I don't think we're going to be in range enough to, to pick him. I think he's a top four pick. There's a left tackle out of Wisconsin who is uh, really good. He's a good. Uh, he's good against the pass rush, and yeah, honestly, um, he's he's been moving higher and higher up the board. So maybe at this point in time, Jeff, is, is it uh, Jeff? Uh, nope, uh, Jeff Hansick. No, I, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, no, his name. That might be the guy who took the photo. That might be the guy that took the photo, actually. He doesn't have a name. He does not. He's a man that's nameless because I've been trying to find it right here. 
Red Shore, uh, let's start with player David Edwards. David Edwards is the guy that I'm thinking of. He's the left tackle uh, out, out of Wisconsin. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's someone that does good against the run and against the pass rush. And oh, um, depending on where we draft, yeah. it, it's looking like uh, he might fall to us. Uh, there's a few good offensive linemen. Um, there's even a pass rusher named Josh oh, really? Allen. Not- no, not – not the quarterback Man. from um, Buffalo, but there is a pass rusher uh, out of Kentucky who uh, is very fa- fast off the edge. Uh, he's a great edge defender. Uh, that's another guy that um, I'm thinking might be in our range. Um, we have a lot of different Man. needs. Man. Uh, another one I would love is uh, uh, a nice free safety, uh, someone that can ball hawk the, the back of the field. If we don't sign Eric Reed, which I'm hoping that we do, but um, there's a lot of needs on this football team right now. But I want to build up the trenches on offensive line and defensive line. A lot of people have been talking about Nick Bosa in the chat room, uh, adding in maybe ways replicating what uh, T.J. Watt did in Pittsburgh, the brother who continues the legacy. Numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Yes, Jeremiah out of Swansboro. Can we fucking fire someone yet? I mean, burp, burp. We did. Getting old. How do you start six and two and then drop all these shitty teams? Man, I just, I just don't know. This is, this is killing me here. Panthers for life. Keep pounding, but damn, man, damn. I hear you. All right. Man. It's, it's Frustration bad. continues. Frustration continues to mount in Carolina. What's up, Pat Nation? This is Jeremy Clancy. Calling in to just throw my two cents in because I know we're all we're all a bit sad and whatever, but today the playoffs started for us and we did not show up. So I think Ron Rivera's finally gone. I hate to see him go, but there's no way. This was on coaching. The O line and Cam. Uh four turnovers, they're gonna cut it. If we did survive this game, I didn't see us going very much further. But here's to the rest of the season, and I'm uh, looking forward to next year. I was thinking the whole time next year was going to be here with this lineup, but time will tell. Keep on. Gary Rogers on Facebook says, bad day to have a bad game. Cody, tell us about the picture and the image you've put up on, um, on Shindig. Two veterans there in arms, brothers in arms there at the end of this game. Yeah, I decided to throw this up. I found it on Twitter, and I just feel um, that it embodies how we're all feeling right now. These are two players that decided to come back for a final season, and I know Thomas Davis has been mulling over playing another season, but, uh, I mean, listen, these are two guys that felt like we had the chance to win it all this year. And, um, yeah, this is Matt Khalil. And and uh, pardon me, Ryan Khalil and Thomas Davis, um, they they they're feeling it, man. They've got their heads hung low. Um, they're looking at what might be their final season in the NFL and an entire career uh, without the Super Bowl ring to show for it. Um, and it, it sucks. And you know, honestly, the image speaks for itself. But I really did uh, want to put that up. Because I, I feel like, you know, we talk about these players and the coaches and we forget that they're people too. They're upset. They're disappointed. 
and um, you just have to go out and uh, you just have to feel bad for these players, man. They're putting their bodies on the line uh, for these types of results, and it's it's bad. You feel for them, man. All right, pounded through with the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys, it's uh, Cody from up here in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, just walked outside to uh, give you guys a call after that game. Um, that's about it. That's all I got. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <Speeches>. <laughs> you know, it's been – just the most inconsistent season I've ever seen in my life. You know, our offense was able to make plays to get down the field, but, you know, then our our turnovers, you know, cost us this game. I mean, four turnovers. I mean, the fact that we only lost by one touchdown is a miracle. Um, and to be fair, one of those touchdowns happened because of, a, uh, you know, um, that returned interception that came all the way back to the 30-yard line. Those are uh, – though I mean, that was just, those are just killers. Um I mean, obviously, there are some live throws, certainly, but I think also when you look at the, uh, I don't know, from the stats perspective, our O-line has been, you know, um, I wouldn't say premier, but been one of the better in the league that you're going to see. But I think that a lot of the offensive line deficiencies have been masked by Cam Newton and Norv Turner's ability to get the ball out a lot quicker than, you know, in years past. So I think a lot of the, 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 the flaws have been covered up by that fact, and that's why the completion rate's so high is because they have been quick, you know, hits to the to the outside, to the inside, slants, things like that. But, it, it, you know, it was pretty clear to me that there was um, that, that there was some some issues with timing on this one. I think that our, uh, our receivers weren't able to get open as quickly as they had in years, you know, in, in, in weeks past. And, uh, and that's why Cam had to force some of those throws. Obviously, the pressure up front had caused, uh, in my opinion, three of those interceptions. Um, you know, the other one was just a horrible, horrible out route. You know, that was, uh, the pickoff that, uh, the pick that came back from Elliott all the way back to the 30. So, um, to be fine, quite honest, our defense was the only reason we were in this one. And that's something that we haven't said in a long time. They haven't been able to get turnovers, but, they uh, they definitely stepped up and, and got the three and outs when we needed them to. So, uh, you know, kudos to them. But, you know, I'm, I'm tired of the accolades. I'm tired of the stats. I'm tired of, uh, I'm tired of uh, you know, people, you know, I'm even Cam Newton saying this is the best he's ever played. Um, you know, I, I, to be fair, it all boils down to is the wins and losses. And obviously we've uh, we faltered there. The report about Dave Tepper not being satisfied if uh, things don't get better is uh, – it's, it's encouraging to see where the uh, off season takes us, but I think most people are, you know, at the point where we can officially give up on the season and and just hope for a, uh, a, a you know effective and a efficient off season to where we can get some, yeah, you know, some. All right, I think he's going to jump back in with the second part of that call, but I do want to address some things. He is echoing Cody's sentiment is despite the statistical advantage that maybe that this offensive line has shown from past lines. It, it is not as, as good as it looks on paper. Dakota Tumbleson, Tumbleson, Tumbleson writes on YouTube, or Cam, on in the press, press conference, our offensive line did good. It was my fault. You can't just throw it up. Cam Newton, though, 
is that look is that Brandon Herbert then uh, chimes in at this moment to say uh, to criticize basically that we someone who was saying that Cam is clutch. And the, the thing that I will say is that I believe that if if Cam is demonstrating that he is hurting, that that has to be factored in here. But Cam Newton has progressed this season in a way that many people believe that he didn't progress. He had a bad game today. He uh, showed um, he had some problems today. But in this press conference, I do like that it continued. He's showing development and maturation there. I think that I was thinking here, too, though, if this team, if Cam Newton could have mounted a touchdown drive to tie it up with four minutes left after four picks that this, or even with a, a two minutes left or whatever we had it at the end, that this would really show a mental fortitude and strength that Cam Newton has that clutch gene. Now he was not able to manufacture it, but the caller going back to the caller, Joey, the defense did not play as bad as they have played in the past. And I would say, go to say that they kind of got screwed a couple of times in this game. The Dante Jackson pass inter, uh, interference call gave the Bucks a touchdown that they didn't deserve, as well as there was uh, every big run that the Bucks had, there was a hold, a hold, a giant hold on their offensive line. So this defense – while they have been at the heart and the root of problem, they weren't today, I don't believe, Joey. No, they, um, but I think they had their best game of the year. Well, at least their best game in four games anyway. Um, right. They, got, they were able to put some pressure on the quarterback. Um, they, they tackled fairly well. Um, we, we really saw the defense we were expecting all year long, they showed up today. They did enough. They did enough on their end to where if the offense had played their normal football game, we would have come out on top today. And and um, to tell you the truth, I, I'm... I'm not surprised they played as well as they did when I find out that Ron Rivera was doing the play calling. Cody, today, Vernon Butler, a healthy scratch. And the defensive, the interior early in this game was a weakness for this team. KK did have a, a game that was pretty good today. I think F.A. Obata played decently well as a rotational player. And uh, but other than that, it continued to show is that Mario Addison just probably doesn't have it in him to be a three down defensive end. And uh, Julius Peppers is old as all get out. But the defense was not here and the problem. But, man, it was tough watching Cam Newton fold after such a good season. Do you truly believe that this was Cam Newton just having a bad game? Or do you really think that there really is a kind of a more serious soldier, soldier shoulder problem than we have been led to believe? Not necessarily a not necessarily a season-ending type shoulder problem or surgical repair needed, but it's clearly it's got to be bothering him, right? Yeah, it is bothering him, and uh, I think that we kind of glanced over it in the Baltimore game where we had Taylor Heineke come in to throw that. Uh, that pass to Greg Olson at the end of the half. Um, yeah, his his shoulder, 
I feel is bothering him and he missed some some practice time because of it. Um yeah, it, it's I, I do think that it's, it's definitely bothering him. And um listen, and I, I wanna ask you guys' opinion on this, you and Joey. Cause I know what I believe. And people like Carl D and Brandon Herbert, they think I'm crazy. And they say we have a competent O-line. And listen, I'm willing to be that old curmudgeon or whatever if people want to say that I'm just defending Cam Newton. And that's why I want both of your opinion. Um, I, I, every, it seems like every Sunday I am watching the offensive line get pushed back right to Cam Newton. And I'm watching our left and right tackle uh, well, not necessarily our right. Taylor Mooton's been okay. But I'm watching our tackles get blown up by speed rushers. And I, I feel like I see it every single Sunday. So, you know, I I don't say that we have a, a good offensive line or we just need to tackle. I think we have a bad offensive line. I call it spade a spade. So am I crazy or am I am I crazy? I don't know. Go ahead, Joe. Um. I think I think the offensive line is better than bad. Um, that just sounds crazy. I, I don't think they're good. I definitely don't think they're good. At least not when we're talking about pass blocking. I right. don't think they're good. I think they can be effective. Um, I think part of the re- I think somebody said earlier. I think it was the last caller said the um, ineffectiveness of the offensive line is somewhat covered by the fact that in your system, offensive system, the ball comes out quick. I think there is some truth to that. I wouldn't say this is a good offensive line um, because Cam has, you saw today, Cam was pressured all day long. Most of the time, he was able to get away from it or get the ball out. But there wasn't any point in the game where he was just able to sit back there and look for a receiver. At no point in the game did he do that. I've seen uh, Brady. I've seen Andrew Luck. I've seen other, other quarterbacks who have good offensive lines just sit there and wait for a receiver to come open. Cam Newton does not have that luxury. The deal with the right. the uh, here's what the what you just don't need to say. You need to not say that the offensive line is bad. Is that you need to say it's poorly manned, and that the players who are playing are playing better than we would have. I think should be expected of them to play. If you think about this, is that uh, Ryan Khalil is is really old, really old. You know, I mean, if it, I mean he's been playing starting at center for like 14, 12 years probably. So if you are depending upon him to be the most talented, along with the second round draft pick and Taylor Moten and Trey Turner, I guess is the only guy that you got that's a really a talented person on that line. Chris Clark, you should be – my thing that I am not ready to get mad at Chris Clark is is we paid a guy $50 million in Matt Khalil to leave the building while this guy got off his couch and has probably played left tackle better than anybody since Michael Orr 
outplayed that good season in 2015. I put this not just saying that the offensive line is bad. I don't like to because they're playing out there probably the best that they can do with what they've got. The problem is is that this organization has truly not invested anything in the offensive line because it was unnecessary like we continue to see this year because Cam Newton is able to mask those deficiencies. And it turns out that Christian McCaffrey only makes it easier to mask those deficiencies because a lot of time he's getting the ball in traffic there in the middle or a handoff and you go, this is that man is about to be bottled up. And then he shoots out the gap for 10 yards. That wasn't necessarily great blocking, but those guys are able to let allow you to get away with it. But to believe that this offensive line was going to be good with the talent that it's got is, uh, is what we were fooling ourselves probably heading into the season And again, I think this comes back to probably the most damning evidence of what Ron Rivera and the problems that we have is that he just hasn't realized and made a firm enough stand with the management that this had to be addressed in a more predominant way. And we just completely missed on Ryan, on Matt Khalil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds reasonable to me. I mean, I just, in my mind, uh, I'm seeing so much pressure. I will say this, that our offensive line is better at run blocking than it is pass protecting. I think Joey, Joey hit the nail on the on the head with that one. Yeah, well, we just uh, we didn't have we don't have a lot of talent there and we don't have a lot of talent on the defensive line. And that's the thing is that. We have uh, some important talent on this team. We have some, also some aging talent on this team. And, and then we have some young talent on this team. But what we aren't is, is a talented roster just as of yet. I mean, the fact is, is that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are our best options at wide receiver. And not, I'm not trying to dump on them, but a rookie and a guy who didn't play, who's a redshirt freshman, to say that those are the most talented players on your team uh, well, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the bright and shining spot to this offensive line. Here's part two of that call. Cody again from up here in Roanoke, Virginia, guys. Sorry to draw this into two calls, but I was going to say, you know, I've, I haven't, you know, me personally, I hadn't jumped on the fire Ron Rivera train. Uh, but um, at this point in time, you think that we would have better clock management um, that we would have plays drawn up for that, you know, final two minutes as much as we've been behind and, you know, the, the time has caused an issue. But the fact that they haven't addressed those issues yet is just mind boggling to me. And once again, to kind of touch on the report that, uh, David Tepper is becoming, um, or the ownership group, as they call it, is becoming un, um, uncomfortable with how, where we're at and believe that we haven't focused on analytics the the way that we should. Um, I, I After that report and after this loss today to the Bucks, I, I it's clear to me that there's there's no way Ron Rivera keeps his job this offseason. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept Norvin for offensive coordinator, but I don't know if, or at least attempted to, I don't know if Norv sticks around if they fire um, Ron. But I, here's the hoping. Um, I think he's done the best he can with a makeshift offensive line, makeshift offensive line, if I could speak. Um, I think that's our one of our priorities in the offseason. It's definitely going to be our lines, defensive line, 
and offensive yeah. line, getting those things shored up. Um, I think we've got all the pieces that we need. Uh, assuming we can get Eric Reed back and, you know, Mike Adams, I'm, you know, I'm not sure how much longer he's got, how much he's got left Last in the tank, season. but, um, seriously, definitely, I think it has some potential back there. Dalton, um, we'll see how the second year treats him, but anyway, guys, a little early to be talking about that in the post game. Um, I'm gonna let you guys go talk about that, uh, and I may uh, I may try to hit up that shindig thing. I don't know. That was pretty cool. Uh, how you guys did that last Do week. it, man. So, um, keep pounding, guys. All right, yeah. Talk to you later. What we'd like to do is get some people on Tuesday night to join the conversation, particularly now that it's a little bit more relaxed in the news talk, because as the Panthers continue to fall out of um, contention, that we have a little bit more latitude on where the show can go without, you know, worrying about cover missing something so you can check that out the sh- i'll put the link in the show notes on youtube it's a shinde the shinde you get the app and you can join the show and be a live participant in it uh it's right from your mobile phone or using your chrome browser cody is that again i the, i don't like um i just don't think that north would survive if ron left but some people have indicated that they would not be surprised to see ron rivera fired tomorrow um and that would indicate probably that the only qualified person to be the interim would be north turner and you mentioned that to me in a text earlier before the game could you do you want that to happen even yeah i mean i'm not mad at it so this is uh kind of what i wouldn't mind seeing happen uh if you fire ron rivera uh go to north turner and say listen you're the interim head coach and from now until the end of your season, that's a part of your job interview. And at the end of the season, we promise you that whether you lose every game or you win every game, we will let you have a legitimate interview at the end of the season to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I, I think that's a, a fair deal. And at the same time, it also doesn't put us in a position where, you know, we're, we're tied to North Turner if it doesn't work out. We can still be looking and courting um, uh, better options that I do believe are out there. Uh, there aren't as many big-name coaching hires this year as there have been in some previous years. But as we mentioned uh, last Tuesday, this would be a, a very prestigious job that would be on the top of the list for a lot of coaches out there. So, yeah, personally, that's what I would um, – um, that's what I would want. I would like to see North Turner be the interim head coach until the end of the season. Um, all right. We'll keep pounding through those calls. I sure hope that uh, Brent, Brother Herbert's not saying that we're up here trying to defend Cam Newton. Yeah. Because I, I today's I, performance. I like, you're just hearing what you want to hear then if that's what you're hearing, Brother Herbert. Because yeah, all we've said is that this – the worst game of the season and that this loss is first and foremost on cam today. Other than that, I don't know what you're talking about. So if you keep saying it over and over, it doesn't make it true. I mean, or else you got to go vote for Donald. You know, this is DJ and and Raleigh. It's just four straight losses after being six and two. It's just sad at this point. Cam had a bad game today, but I don't put it all on him. A lot of those interceptions were tips. Defense can't stop nobody. Offensive line can't block. I'm, I'm, 
I'm done with this season. I still keep pounding. I'm still a Panther fan, true and true, but this season is a wrap. And I've been one of Coach Ramavera's biggest supporters. Even when people wanted to fire him after we started one and three and we ended up going 12 and four. But coach got to go. Like, this is at the end of the day, you are the head coach of this team. It falls on you. Yep. Coach Ryan and that whole coaching staff has to go. David Temper, you got to do something. As always, keep pounding, Panther Nation. All right. So, um, you know, this is I, I would like for somebody to track down. We got to find this stat before Tuesday is what teams have ever started six and two and not made the playoffs? Because you can you always hear this when a team starts. Oh, and two, <coughs> excuse me. There is a like whatever percentage chance of not making the playoffs. Generally, I'm thinking like when you get to six and two, you got to have like a 70 percent making it like what was the last team? that actually does this, right? And so, look, Herbert now is just turned into a Cam hater. This is what we got, is that Brother Herbert isn't settling enough at just being critical at Cam. He's a Cam hater. He's just saying this, is that Cam, essentially you're indicating that Cam Newton's a loser. That's what you're saying by continuing to say this, is that Aaron Rodgers, he lost to the damn Cardinals today, the Cardinals. And if you're going to say this, if he was a great quarterback, he would have won this game. You're going to talk about Cam Newton saying that. Then if Aaron Rodgers was a great quarterback, he would have won against the Cardinals at home, at home, right. man. So look, is that, did Cam have an atrocious game? Yes, but it's clear that he looks like he's injured at this point to a degree. Yes. And what's, this is his first bad game of the season. What do you want to do? Release him and move on? It's just silly talk. And at this point, you're peeing in the wind. All right. Hi, this is Cardi. Cardi. I'm upset, but I just don't have nothing to say about that loss today. Oh, my goodness. You know what? From six and two to six and six, ridiculous. I think it is time for Rivera to be gone. It looks like he has lost this team. You see how the calm voice I am doing, Tony? You yeah. like that? The calm <laughs> voice I feel. This is angry. I think he he's still his call still angry. going. I don't know what happened. <laughs> That's <laughs> calm, angry, Cody. Yeah. I mean, you can't even get upset at this point. I mean, like, what are you saying? Is that um, nobody, if you say it one more time, that we're trying to defend Cam Newton, Brett, we're going to bounce you from the chat. Good God. I, I'm getting frustrated at this point. Is here. Is that Cam Newton threw four picks today. Okay. We got the point. We got the damn point. So here is let's it's time to move on from Cam Newton, I guess. It's time to move on from Cam Newton and go out in the free agency and maybe we can pick up old Fitzmagic. 
Maybe we could get old Jameis. How about that? Maybe we go get Jameis Winston to go and replace Cam Newton. Who else you want? Who else? It's so frustrating at this point is that here is that it's look, everybody's got warts. This was the worst game of Cam Newton of the season for Cam Newton. And in, in some ways, I almost sat there going, I wonder if Cam Newton wants to get Ron Rivera fired. That's what I was thinking at this time is that Cam Newton. Um, but look, is that it is just you, you, it's fooling yourself if that's the first place you're going to look to remedy the problems in the future, right? To remedy the problems in the future is that this is that you don't have a commodity that is as valuable at Cam Newton anywhere. And when it comes down to look, look, actually, we'll go to Cody. I know that you're probably typing something out. So I'm going to give you a second to, to finish that. I'm but you're a big, you're your guy. Um, and I always want to call him Deshaun Watson, but it's Deshaun Jackson, not Jack, whatever they got, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Is that look at how long it's going to take if you got a Peterman, a Goff, or or what about the number one pick in the the Jets quarterback? What, these guys are going to take time to develop. You've seen Cam Newton throw over seventy percent of the passes today. It was the worst game. He he went. He only had seven interceptions on the season going in this game. He still only has eleven interceptions on the year after this game. What is the problem? With not with having with saying Cam Newton had a bad game today, but not saying he's a trash quarterback. And by the way, he threw four interceptions today. This is only the second time he's ever done that in his career, other than his rookie season in the NFL. Okay, Ben Roethlisberger can't say that. I've seen him throw four or five in the season. Uh, listen, if if you think that there's a better quarterback that you're gonna bring in than Cam Newton to run this team after not only he routinely makes plays, but he's also been our leading rusher on the football team for how many years now? I mean, come on. Cam Newton has been the beginning, middle, and end of this offense, and now when he has a bad game, now everyone wants to dump on him? I'm not going to lie. That really frustrates me, man. It really upsets me. And it's you're not going to draft a quarterback right away and just have them be ready to go. It takes time. And I guarantee you, to every Cam Newton hater that's a fan of the Panthers, you don't want us to draft another quarterback because you're not ready for the turnaround that that's going to cause. Tony hit the nail on the head when you brought up uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, um, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. I mean, a lot of times with these quarterbacks, it's a crapshoot anyway. You don't truly know if they're uh, if they're gonna pan out, so it's a gamble. I mean, that's a, I mean that that's all it is. Cam Newton is the best friend to the Carolina Panthers, man. Big shout out to eighty nine J Stubbs who just contributed to the show. We appreciate that. We will keep pounding. He is paying for his time on the couch today. Uh, Joey, <laughs> I want to go to this. Is that um, Joey? There are a lot of negatives coming out of today. I think that we continue to say this is that the Panthers defense has just allowed a lot of points, but today not on the defense at all, but you know, there's a lot of things to be worried about, about this team, but let's turn to the positives 
and or a positive to me is that people can get their head out of their ass when it comes to Cam Newton is I think we have seen the emergence of the football version of the triangular, the triangle offense with Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Christian McCaffrey has been sensational this season. He was sensational today. How optimistic. And this, I think, is one of the big deals about this being an attractive coaching position two premier offensive talents with two budding offensive talents in DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, the triangle offense. How do you like those, the McCaffrey and DJ Moore today? Uh, McCaffrey. I mean, how, how much more can we say about this guy? He is, he's more machine than man. I think, um, he goes out there and gives a hundred percent every time he touches the ball. He is he can just do everything and he does it so he makes it look so easy when he does it. And and when having played football and knowing how tough it is to do the things he's doing, particularly at his size. And making it look easy really says a lot about his athletic ability. The guy is a freak, an athletic freak. Um, yeah, I mean, he is, he's in the ranks of Hunt, who is now probably going to be out of the league for a year, probably, is what I'm going to guess, is that uh, not uh, – was it Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt that got in trouble? Hunt. It was Kareem Hunt. Okay. Uh, you're talking about the likes of him. You're talking about the likes of Alvin Kamara. He's the most dynamic player. The only person I think that is just physically uh, just head and shoulders because of, of his athleticism is Ty Gurley at this point. Right yeah, now you're talking yeah. about potentially the most – one of the he's been the most productive, got to be one of the most productive offensive weapons in all of football. Absolutely. His versatility is, is what uh, makes him so incredibly valuable. The fact that he can run routes like a receiver. He knows where to go. His breaks and his cuts are, are just, I mean, he can stop on a dime and give you nine cent change. He's that kind <laughs> of good. He really is that kind of good. Um, and then you have DJ Moore, who, I mean, honest guy, guys, he really doesn't know what he's doing yet. A lot of what yeah. he's doing is pure athleticism. Once yeah. he knows about and, and gets to learn about route combos and, and getting receivers to turn, uh, getting defenders to turn their hips, or in some cases, turn their backs on you. Oh my God, this guy's going to be on pro. I really think um, if you're a head coach, if, if you're a coach in the NFL and you see this offense, your mouth has to water with the possibilities because there is talent all over this team at um, the specialty positions. 
All right, I'm about to shame some of the listeners right now. There's 62 people watching, only eight thumbs up on this YouTube video. Come on, guys. We know you got our back. Turn your phones to portrait mode. Smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe, like, and share on Facebook. And all the people listening later on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, we appreciate your support and continue to consider writing us a review. We're going to keep doing this show each and every Tuesday on and off season. And we will certainly keep pounding the numbers 252-228-5098. And what I would like to add to this is that wait until, like Joey is saying, in DJ Moore is not only just understanding route combos and like you said, Joey, getting people to turn his hips, to those DBs to turn their hips, talking about late hands, you know what I'm saying? Like the small parts of the game where you don't tip off the receiver. I can't wait until he goes from playing checkers to playing chess and he's setting DBs up throughout the game where he's studying guys and he's understanding what a a DB is susceptible to. And this is where the great offensive minds and the players go throughout. Even defensive ends do this where they set up offensive linemen and, and they hit them with a series of, of, of plays at the right time that exacerbates their weaknesses and capitalizes upon those moments. When DJ Moore does that, I think that he is going to be, he could arguably be the best receiver in football. And why I believe this is, is that I think the game is no longer necessarily required for you to have just a giant body to win all the time because now defenses are so limited in what they can do. I think DJ Moore has a strong and big enough stature, but also he is that explosive type athlete that is always there to make a play. And Curtis Samuel, Cody, today, again, man, this guy, he wants to play. He is a player. And you could go ahead and see that the Carolina Panthers want to pair him and DJ Moore as the future of this offense with McCaffrey. You're going from running the triangle offense to four corners, as someone said to me earlier on Twitter. Yeah, in fact, you know, I'm not I'm not mad at putting uh uh Curtis Samuel as an outside receiver. Put uh DJ on one side and Curtis on the other and maybe even draft another slot receiver. Uh, you know, I mean, Curtis Samuel is the real deal. That's why it has baffled us and many on Twitter as to why he hasn't gotten more snaps this season earlier in this season. Um, Curtis Samuel is incredible, and I honestly don't think it's a stretch to say that out of every receiver on our football team right now, Curtis Samuel routinely gets the most separation, and that helps out Cam tremendously. Yeah, it, it is, is that um, I do want to mention this is that when we're going to turn it um, is that I, I saw that uh, one player or this uh, Jordan Cork on uh, on Twitter has sent me this a couple of times throughout the season. And that is the idea that um, something strange with Tepper allowing opposing fans in his in the pre- in the box with him and front and center on that. Uh, you know, I think that maybe that to me shows uh, some of the business uh, side of him and going. He's probably courting the big people <laughs> among the Seattle, you know, society in some ways and giving them an opportunity to have a luxury expense. But you would like to see more Carolina Panther jerseys up there. We're going to keep pounding with these calls. The number is 252 228 5098. 
What's up, man? Oh, uh, here we go. Oh, hey, Cody. Joe, if you're there. Mayo, I reckon you'll be around again. I guess we're done. Season's over, fellas. But, not much to say. I mean, just took a hell. Yeah. Guess that's what we do these days. Um, not even mad at Cam for throwing all those picks, man. He's out there. Uh oh, he's about to stoke up, brother. He's trying Herbert. to make plays. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. He's had a great season. He's not even 100%. That's obvious. You can tell on these throws that he's had this season. It's like once he goes past 15 yards, the ball just sails, it floats, it's weird. <clears throat> they don't put the same yeah. zip on it. A lot of them interceptions that was done today, two years ago, <laughs> they wouldn't have had a prayer to catch it. But, yeah. Hey, it is what it is, fellas. Ron Vera is going to be gone. Probably everybody's going to be gone. It's frustrating. I hate it. Somehow we might win a game. I don't know. Just look on the next year because we're close. Love the Panthers. Everything about them. But, but not this season. Not this collapse. I ain't even mad. It's disappointing to watch, but I'm not even mad. You know, I think is that. Y'all just uh, on the next year. Yeah. I think he's right. I think the reason that we're not more upset at this point is because the writing was on the wall. And a lot of people were questioning the writing on the wall, saying, look at all these other things. Um, in many ways, what you probably say, what we, what Brother Herbert says that we say about Cam, <laughs> right? And that is, yeah. to, you know, it's, it's there. You can see it. But you're trying to find ways to explain it away. But this collapse has been uh, of epic proportion. And I, I just don't know. We saw it's the reverse of what a Ron Rivera team has gone through. And I don't believe that this is solely and entirely because of an injury problem that maybe you could have seen in the past. This is not like Cam went down. A lot of the guys are playing each and every week until today. And, and Greg Olson probably saw the end of his career. So this has really been a sad sight in Carolina and a strange and bizarre one. But I do believe that that the reason we're not upset, guys, is because we really had it and we were starting to feel this is after the Pittsburgh game. We said, oh, it's a one off a blip. Then Detroit, it becomes a goal. We're not focused enough. You're there. You make a comeback. Tough game on the road. And then the writing really starts to become clear in Seattle. And today, I think it's etched in stone to a certain degree that this is full scale collapse. Yeah, it it, it is. I mean, when you start as hot as we did, and now we've lost four in a row. And listen, man, I don't even buy the 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 argument that oh, uh, Pittsburgh beat it out of us. That demoralized us, and, and that that we just haven't gotten over that. Even if they did beat us that bad, you're gonna tell me with all the veterans on this football team that we haven't been able to re- rebound mentally from that beating in Pittsburgh. I think it's a one game at a time type thing, and we're just not getting the job done. I don't think we're well coached. I don't think our players are playing well. I mean, it's a comedy of errors at, at this point in the ball game, and. You know, I I, I see people online, um, and, and J-Dub, I believe, even mentioned that, you know, right now we're still working with the 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 last end of a Jerry Richardson regime 
here in Carolina. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, you gotta, and that, that's you gotta not, purge it. You gotta purge it. Yeah. It's not servicing us anymore. Uh so I mean I I don't know. I've I've felt as bad as I possibly can with this Panthers team. Um now I mean I Every once in a while, you have people that pop in our chat room and on Twitter, and they have, hey, we can win out the rest of the season and be a wild card. Yeah. It's like, God bless your soul. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I commend you for, you know, having the resilience, but uh, I don't see that from this football team. I don't, I don't think that we're going to be the favorites against the Browns in Cleveland. Yeah, Joey, uh, I know you've got to go ahead and run. And so first, I want to wish you tomorrow a happy birthday. My best friend, Thank Joe Riolano, is, is getting younger each and every year and That's physically right. never falling apart. <laughs> never falling apart, Joey. <laughs> Joe Riolano, feeling good. Uh, very relaxed at this moment. Happy birthday, Joe. Parting words for the show in the face of this collapse. Um, well, you know, as fans, we go through this. We have uh, up and down. It's terrible. As Panther fans, God knows, we, we have um, good and bad years. And honestly, this um, started off so well. Really it had high expectations. And and just to see how how far the mighty have fallen is sad because... We, we have the talent, um, and we, we just can't seem to put it together. Um, so um, we're going to finish out the year and start anew. And, and uh, that's what's great about sports is next year could be the year. And, um, you know, just finish out the year, stay positive, play no no one has any significant injuries. And, you know, like the team motto says, keep pounding. All right, Joe, man, you have a good one. We'll talk, we'll catch up with you on Tuesday night. It's Joe Riolano. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Riolano. And, uh, Cody, all right, Joey, man, you have a good one, man. Uh, Have a blessed day tomorrow. Happy birthday, Joey. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. All right, so Cody, I think this is at J Dub has has called for the firing of my, Marty Herney in the chat room, and I do think that that is the important and start the reason I believe this is very important to go ahead and move on from Marty Herney. Number one is it's not even that Marty Herney has done a bad job since he's come back. He has probably been an adequate GM, and, and some of the moves he's made, Dante Jackson, some good drafts under. Uh, or a good draft under Herney, it appears. It also appears that, look, is that uh, Gettleman probably had his best draft when he got uh, Curtis Samuel, Taylor Moten, and uh, McCaffrey the year before. But, you know, he is a, a, a lingering. He is, something, he, is a, he is something associated with the Richardson era. So, I mean, obviously he would need to go, and I think this is the place where you start, and I think you start early, Cody, so you can bring in a GM early enough, you get the pick of the letter, and he can bring in his staff with him to help him install maybe some new supervision in the in the scouting department, maybe even install new scouts if that's what's required. 
but you do not need to piecemeal this together. And then we've got David Tepper, deep pocket David Tepper, and hiring a coach does not affect the salary cap. So David Tepper could go out there and tell this GM, get the guy you want, and don't worry if a million or $3 million separates us from him. We can do that. I'm talking like Nick Saban goes and wins the dang title this year. Like you could go and get him if you had to. Like you got the money and the goods to get whoever you want. I'm not saying we want Nick Saban. I'm just saying that like this is a good – you can't half-ass this, Cody, if you do it. Yeah. Yeah, and – um by the way, Nick Saban's not winning anything this year. That's going to be my Tigers, baby. All in. I tell you, my Bulldogs can't win a dang th- can't They can't beat Bama to save their life. No, they sure can't. Um, but, no, and listen, um, in that CBS article that people are, are talking about, about David Tepper, it mentions that he's a very progressive, forward-thinking owner. And, uh, I mean, listen, he just bought a team for how much money? Uh, 2.5 like million dollars. Yeah, exactly. That man wants a return on his investment. Um, I, I honestly think two of the biggest names to look out for are John DeFilippo, the offensive coordinator from uh, Minnesota, and I would say your boy from uh, from ECU. I don't know why I have such a hard time remembering his name. The uh, the head coach of uh, Oklahoma. Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln there Riley. In Lincoln fact, this is but. This is what Jordan Cork has uh, has said. Um, he's fielded this. Is This is a controversial hypothetical, but could you watch Cam go to another team if Kyler and Lincoln were a patch- package deal and uh, bringing in, I guess that would be the quarterback and the head coach of Oklahoma. I'm not 100% sure. Is this, is I will feel no ideas that involve the departure of Cam Newton at this point personally. So I think exactly. you, that what you, I think what you wanted is a guy who sees that hey, you give me Cam Newton. I always remember this is that there was a former ECU coach, another ECU coach, and Steve Logan who said if you gave me Cam Newton, I would never complain about anything in life, right? Is so I think that that's what we're looking for is someone who is a little bit more advanced in maybe forward thinking, new wave of thinking. And I'd like to point out, if you want to hear defenders of Ron Rivera, the primary defender where one fan said he must be on Ron Rivera's payroll is Darren Gant at right this at this moment. Is Darren Gant, his wholesale came out in support of Ron Rivera being a better than mediocre coach and one that you will miss if he goes. But I'll tell you this, is that what he doesn't know is David Tepper. And I don't know David Tepper personally, but I know the type of world that he operates in. And what I would suspect is this, is being good is not good enough. In that type of world, you want the best. Is that you think that David Tepper wants somebody managing a billion-dollar hedge fund with him? Uh, making suggestions to him who is good, better than average, but not the absolute best in his field or among that most highly regarded, I don't think good is good enough for David Tepper. And and you shouldn't think that he would ever settle for anything less. I mean, uh, this man came from Wall Street, okay? Cutthroat. All right, this man wants a winner. 
He wants guys that are up to date on analytics. And that's one of the things that he said. He doesn't feel that our team is analytical enough, that we're almost um, stuck in the Stone Age and the way that we kind of do things. And, and I echo that sentiment. I, I, it's time for a progressive head coach for however long we're going to have Cam Newton, which I'm hoping is a long time to come. We need someone that can utilize our offense and Cam Newton to the fullest of their ability and, and hopefully put someone in place to have this defense playing like the Cowboys did uh, this past Thursday night against our division rival, the Saints. I don't think that Dave Tepper will be consoled by, or, or I, th- I actually, I don't think he'll be intimidated by the fear or paralyzed by the fear that it could, what it could be much worse than Ron is I think right. that David Tepper would be much more prefer to try to get over the hump than to just teeter on the hump for indefinitely. So I could see him saying this is that, hey, not every stock that I've bet on has been a winner. And sometimes you do make moves that lose. But by standing pat, you don't make any concerted effort to put yourself in a stronger position. And I think that this is where I've just cooled on Ron Rivera is that it just is never going to be him being the, the thing that leads you to the promised land. You give him a, you don't give him Cam Newton and he would have done been fired three years ago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, listen, if it wasn't for that 2013 season, I remember he had back to back losing seasons in 2011 and 2012. And then 2013, that defense came alive and Cam Newton really came into his own. I'll never forget that night that Cam Newton uh, just made plays against the Patriots on Monday Night Football. I mean, listen, uh, in my opinion, Cam Newton has been making these coaches look competent for a long time. And and now you're kind of seeing when things fall apart, uh, just who this staff really is. So, yeah, Tepper Tepper is intimidated by no one. Okay, Tepper is going to bet on himself. He's done it in the past. And he's going to do his due diligence, and he's going to go through the process and hire the best people for the job. Josh Wicker on Facebook says some people said the same about Coach John Fox. And I'd like to point this out, is that look at where John Fox was last year in Chicago. And now look at them under Nagy or Nagy or whatever he is, contending to be one of the premier teams in the league. So here is just because you replace a head coach does not mean that we will we will plummet to the bottom. This we're not bottom feeding because we have real talent at the quarterback position, and then the other things can always be adjusted. Luke Keekley is always is going to be good for another year, and you can make some differences there. You cannot change head coach, GM, and quarterback though and expect a jump. What you need to do is invigorate some life into this franchise with some very, what I want to see is guys that have a vision and maybe that vision doesn't work out, but a guy that knows where they want to see this team, how they want to see it develop and the attitude and the steps and be very deliberate in that instead of just kind of flipping a coin on everything and hoping it works out. 
Here's the next call, 252 228 What's up, man? Uh, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again, man. This week was a win-win for Panthers fans because if we win, it furthers our chance. This is Coltrane, I think. If we lose, yep. we still win because it furthers uh, Rivera's chance of getting fired. Today, to solidify Rivera's chance of getting fired. He's done. But I call because I'm actually a little bit pissed off. I'm not pissed about, I'm not pissed off about us losing. I'm pissed off about these fake Panthers fans that come on Twitter and call for Cam Newton's head because he had one bad game out of the fucking 12 games we played this season. Y'all Tell piss me off. Because if Cam Newton goes out there and goes 50 for 50 Tell for 500 yards, and if we lose, he still blames on himself. He can have a perfect game. He still Tell blames on himself if we lose. When he plays a bad game, y'all never have his back. Y'all get on Twitter and y'all call for his head. And that shit pisses me off. Y'all treat that man so damn bad. And it irks the shit out of me. I'm sorry. I'm pissed off. I'm sorry. I agree. I didn't mean to curse. But this really irks me, man. We have the worst fan comes to our quarterback. And it irks me. Like it, Y'all have a personal vendetta against him. And that really, really makes me mad. I want to know about his shoulder. I hope he's okay. But these damn... Fake Panther Twitter heads, y'all gotta go. Same I'm thing. sick of y'all, man. Peace. Oh, oh, by the way, if you want to come at me, you want to tweet me, it's at Classic Coltrane. Please, please. <laughs> yeah. I'm locked and loaded, baby. Please come at me. All right. Classic Coltrane. At Classic Coltrane on Twitter, bringing the fire when it comes to this. And that is the dang truth. Is this Cam Newton had a terrible game today? But you can buy. You want to know who stands with Cam? These guys right here on this podcast do. In fact, That's you can go and, and you know how much we made a damn T-shirt. I stand with Cam, and it's for sale on CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Listen, man, Coltrane is my spirit animal right now. That's my spirit <laughs> animal. Listen, I, listen. I, I try not to be too confrontational, but it's my sentiments exactly, man. Where are y'all at when Cam Newton has a bad game when he's done nothing but carry this franchise from the moment that he got here, from the moment that he arrived, and, and now everyone wants to jump ship when he has a bad game? I'm sorry, man. That's a fake-ass fan. Quarterbacks have bad games, and they had a bad game. That's it. That uh, Here, Bobby James says, this caller is fire. Go, caller, go, caller, go, says J-Dub. And Daniel K087 says he went all smoke. Karis Luther, my man, speaking facts. People are pretty excited that classic Coltrane uh, came to the rescue there to pick you up. And I want to point this out to you is that Ron Rivera still has a job because of Cam Newton. Mike Shula had a job for so many years because of Cam Newton. You guys thought that Rod Chazinski was a dang offensive genius because of Cam Newton. Cam Newton gives you this, is while he may not be in the most consistent at times, or at in the past a consistent passer, he's missed some layups at times, and this year I think he's really truly proven uh, that otherwise, is I feel like this is when Cam Newton is healthy and even not healthy. He's the strong. He's the, he's the strongest man in the NFL. He has not missed but like three games in his whole damn career, I feel like. The point yeah. that I'm trying to get to is this, is Cam Newton always gives you a chance. It's like that moment in Dumb and Dumber when 
he goes, so what are my chances? One in a million, one in a billion. And she got more like one in a billion. And he goes, so you're telling me there's a chance. That is the truth is Cam Newton is. And you, for you guys, is that before Cam Newton was on a part of the, I have never felt like the Panthers have been irrelevant since Cam Newton has come to town. And I right. believe that him and Rivera came together and it never felt like this is irrelevant uh, that that's because of Ron Rivera. I have always and tr- wholly 100% said Cam Newton, he's something about he's biased. He's the guy. He is the one guy that is the best. He's, I don't know. I can't even deal with it, Cody. I, I feel you. I, I, you know, I, I, classic culture. He's a hero. He's a hero, man. And I'm telling you, uh, listen, people, to the people that, that say they want to move on from Cam Newton, I'm telling you, you're not ready for that. You are not ready for that. And that means you don't know what Cam truly has provided to this offense from throwing to receivers over the years that don't make separation, uh, big body receivers that, that, that barely run a route, to uh, having to be the leading rusher on the football team and play quarterback. Come on, man. Subpar offensive line play. Uh, listen, you, it, you can only make so many miracles. And Cam Newton makes a lot of them. And then when he doesn't come through and he has a bad game, People just ditch him. Man, that's not a fan. That's absolutely not a fan. All right. The number is 252-228-5098. We've got two more calls. Thank you, Carl D., for powering the C3 Panthers podcast with your donation. It is not in vain. We will uplift. We will keep going with this show no matter what. Even if nobody listens, I will get on the internet and talk about the damn Panthers. But it turns out a lot of people are listening. Over 60 people are viewing our post-game show each and every week. We want all 61 of you to turn your phones to portrait mode and smash the thumbs up button. We're at 22 likes now. Let's get it to 40 before the end of the show. We've got two calls to do it on Facebook, Twitter. Support us. Support the podcast because you know what? We've been here when the team hasn't been good. We've been here when the team is great. And we will continue to be the most integral, the most interactive Panthers podcast that you can find and the most consistent. 252-228-5098. Hey there. David Tepper is getting antsy. I read this on a CBS uh, Sportsline report that David Tepper is getting antsy uh, about yes. his team with lack of analytics, about the lack of modernization that the Panthers has and organization are behind the times that they seem to be too, too old-fashioned. And I think it's right now is a good time just to clean house, get rid of Rivera, get rid of Herney, you start over, you modernize, and you build a new team. Because I just don't think that the combination of Herney and Rivera and Cam Newton are going to be able to to get it done. It just can't happen. They are just not Super Bowl caliber. And thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Bye-bye. Here is where that call makes all the sense in the world is, is that we don't even have to think we've seen Marty Herney got fired with Ron Rivera and Cam Newton <laughs> as part of his, 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 his original tenure. He's back for a second round. So, Hey, is that thank God that we did have Marty Herney in that tumultuous moment where we fire our GM three days before 
the training camp starts. But to add to that, even in fairness to Dave Gettleman, he came in here and he and Ron Rivera had a good enough season in that original year where there was no ability for him to say that I want to put in uh, a, a new direction and my vision for the future. So we've seen what a Marty Herney and Ron Rivera can do. We've seen it twice now. Now we've also seen what happens when you don't fully commit to a change, but when you half-ass it in fear of, of missing out and going forward. And so I think that like one of the callers said earlier in the show, like a lot of comments have been in the chat room is this type of collapse may be a good thing because it really puts those things in the forefront, in the spotlight, Cody. Yeah. I mean, now that you're losing, look, that's the one thing that, that you can say about losing. And we had a caller a few, uh, a few calls back that kind of, he kind of said it, man. And I, even Coltrane kind of said, you know, there's nothing to be mad about because it's times like these when you're able to look at your team under a microscope and look at the real problems that you have on the team. And, yeah, it sucks because we were so optimistic at the start of the season. But now we're just rummaging through what we're seeing, seeing what we can salvage, if anything at all, and listen, you're not going to be able to fix the problems on the football team unless you know what those problems are. We know that we don't have a a, um, a routine pass rush that gets home frequently enough. We know that our offensive line could be a lot better. I don't care what anyone says. It could be a lot better. Um, and, and we still need to build up a few pieces on this football team. Uh, think how many close football games we've been in. I mean, we're not getting blown out. We had one game this season where we were blown out, and that was Pittsburgh. We're not very far from being a team that, that's winning these football games. Even some of the games that we have won, they've been close. We just have to find a way to push it over the edge. Um, I want a brand-new general manager. I want a brand-new head coach. And, yeah, man, uh, it's we're not far. We just have to do some more, some more things better. And um, if we can stomach this season, hopefully uh, those times, they're not too far away, man. Big Chief TP coming in strong, supporting the podcast. You guys are the best, he says. Makes, seasons bear- makes bad seasons bearable. Looking forward to whatever changes are coming. See here, Thank you, man. you know what I love? About, what I love about this comment, too, is look forward to whatever changes are coming. Because some people yeah. are saying we, everybody is so quick to turn and say, call for someone's job. I call it internet lynching in, in this day and era. And that is what Darren Gant is also saying. And when he's going to bat for Ron Rivera, Eric Washington. But here is that what we have to do is not be afraid. We have not be afraid because our fandom will be there. Like, that's the thing. The good news, guys, is it doesn't matter if the Panthers are 1-15. and You've seen it. Right. You've seen the Panthers go 15 and one and you were still fans then. And we will still be fans next year if Ron Rivera is the head coach and Marty Herney is the GM. And we will still be fans if we have something new that doesn't work out. And we will be really happy fans if we go new and it works out. So the good news is, is this is that sometimes I just felt like we have lingered in purgatory 
when it comes to Ron Rivera. And prior to 2015, I thought that we were giving too quick to dump on him at times and that he had shown that he could keep a locker room together through thick and thin. But I saw last week or um, after last week's loss, Steve Reed from the Associated Press said that there was a real losing look and vibe to the Panthers in the locker room. So even the strengths, this is what I'm going to say about Ron Rivera, is that what have his strengths been as a coach? His strengths have been, hey, he's got a good tenure in the league. He, he, he's he been a, around for a long time. He's a football guy. He's a player's coach. He knows how to resonate with those guys. And the most important is, is that he keeps a steady ship, one where we don't panic. But there are also real weaknesses to Ron Rivera, what we've seen from personnel issues to a continued inability to be flexible throughout the season. And that last, I would say, is that Ron Rivera at this point has started to lose what the strengths of him were are no longer even working. And that being is this, is that it looks like this team is falling apart late rather than getting stronger. In fact, it doesn't look like it. They are. And second, he's not falling on the sword for his players anymore, Cody. At this point, he has he's in self-preservation mode for the last two years, I feel like. And at this point, he's going to fall on the sword for real. Yeah, and he should. And it, it really does upset me when he doesn't fall on the sword more when he doesn't put uh, as much yeah. blame on the coaching staff. And when he says the, uh, the miss opportunities line and, and, and the, the same answers over and over, Oh, we did some things well, but we left some plays on the field. Well, yeah. Tell us why Ron, tell us why that is. Tell us a little bit more. Uh, I mean, don't, don't piss on our leg and tell us that it's raining, you know, uh, tell us what's actually going on. If you're not going to do that, then, being a player's coach isn't enough anymore because it's apparent to me that these players, I mean, I'm not going to say that they're not giving their full effort, but it doesn't feel like they want to go out and just beat the hell out of the opponent for Ron Rivera. You should want to go out there and dominate for your head coach and for the players next to you. And Ron Rivera hasn't been instilling that kind of confidence in anybody. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Tony. The number is 252-228-5098. This is the last call of the show today. You can have your opportunity. Look, just because you didn't get in today, you can call in between now and Tuesday. We'll be here live 9 p.m. every Tuesday, 52 times a year. We haven't missed one in five seasons, right? And this will be our, I think this is our fifth full season. I got to always, I can't even keep up. Um, But it's fun. We're going to be here no matter what. We want you to be here with us on Tuesday night. So go ahead and smash that thumbs up button to show you appreciate the show. Thanks to everybody who has been a part of the chat. Here's our last call of the night of the day. Hey, it's your boy, Chris, a.k.a. Pampas Fanbirds on YouTube. Today, I think with the nail in the coffin and Ron Rivera's tenure here, I think it's clear that the team has given up on him. And I think that they should – let the season play out and then let him go and just get an offensive coach. Maybe call a, a guy like Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma or maybe a guy like Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Just get some get something to revitalize the franchise. Keep up the great work, guys, and keep pounding. 
You know what? The good thing is this, is that here is um, what I, what I feel like maybe could be um, a scary for a defensive head coach is getting an offensive coordinator who really is too brilliant, either a, to take your position, steal the limelight from you, or that your success leaves quickly when he leaves. But the good news about getting a young offensive coach is that there are a lot of old hats defensively, and this is what I think the Sean McVay model is. The young, excitable coach had to lead the ship to inject excitement into that, but then you bring in Wade Phillips, who is the old, seasoned, grizzled guy who doesn't panic. And if you bring in a young coach, I think it's important for him to surround himself with the right staff. And that is an opportunity. I am cautious, though, about what Lincoln Riley will do in the NFL. I'm I'm a big Lincoln Riley fan because he was at East Carolina and he coached us up into some tremendous offenses. I do wonder what would be in it for him leaving Oklahoma. He could be a god there if he continues to do what he's doing. But boy, it would be a lot more attractive to go to Carolina than it would go to go to Cleveland, I say. Oh, absolutely. And the only reason they even mentioned him to Cleveland is because of Baker Mayfield and what they were able to do together there. But um, I don't know, man. Just imagine what he would be able to do with someone like Cam Newton and our offense. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I would love that pick. Um, I, I've been able to watch more of Oklahoma recently since the playoffs are coming. All these games are on TV. And he runs a tight ship, Tony. Um, y'all had a good one. Over there at uh, at ECU, but um, and, and then uh, another name I'm hearing is the guy from Iowa. I don't know anything about him. Uh, Matt Campbell. We'll have to get J Dub. We'll have to get J Dub. He's he's our, our Midwesterner aficionado. Yeah, J Dub, drop, drop some uh, some Matt Campbell knowledge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and the cat I, I mean, calls. Yeah, but if you notice, even people that have been Ron Rivera defenders. Now everyone sees the writing on the wall. Everyone in the chat room, uh, most of our followers on Twitter or Facebook, um, everyone knows what it is at this point. And, you know, uh, right now it's apparent Greg Olson is never going to have a Super Bowl with the Panthers. Neither is Thomas Davis. Neither is Ryan Khalil. Uh, There have been some great players that are never going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy uh, ever in their career, especially as a Panther. So now what I think is our duty, our obligation to do is all the, the, the players on the team right now that are still good, they're still in their prime, we absolutely have to do right by them and bring in the players and the front office people to put them in the best position to win football games. We have to Amen. do it. All right, big shout out to Brian Wells. Thank you for supporting the podcast with your uh, Super Chat donation. We really appreciate that. That's going to help continue this podcast and and defray the cost of the website and things. We appreciate all your support. Like, subscribe, share. That is the motto. We need to build Panther Nation. Now, I actually was contacted, Cody, by an advertisement company that, that kind of sells ads for podcasts. And we were talking about some of the things when it comes to Carolina Panthers podcast out there. And he said the challenge for this team was, is that as an expansion franchise, the legacy 
of the fan base is just a smaller than other markets, not only because other markets are in um, in big TV markets and there's millions of people in those cities, but also because of the legacy of the Carolina Panthers. And what I do think we can do is continue to make that uh, a, a distant memory of the past by even in times of, of struggle like now and in times of success that we continue to grow Panther Nation together. And I think we're doing it here today. I think the people in the chat room are doing it, Cody. And I appreciate your help uh, in making this show great again. <laughs> I see what you did there, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Charlotte is a city on the rise. The NFC South is a marketing division in football. We've been one of the better divisions, if not the best, the past few years. Um, we have the talent. We have the players. Um, we, we, we do have a lot of things going for us right now. You know, uh, Green Bay, I mean, they might they have a history that we don't, uh, that we don't have yet. But that's another small market that uh, a ton of people would, would definitely want to go to. And that's another thing, too. And I'm glad that uh, it led me to this, this train of thought thing. It's looking like Mike McCarthy is also going to be out in Green Bay. So now it's looking potentially like the Green Bay Packers and the Carolina Panthers are going to have a vacant head coaching position. So if we want the guy that we want to have, if we want the best of the best, we might have to get moving a little earlier than, than you know maybe even the Packers are. So that's uh, another thing that leads me to believe that Ron Rivera, he might be out even before the season's up. All right, that's the C3 Panthers postgame show. We'll see you Tuesday night. Remember, the number's 252-228-5098. And while it feels bad right now, remember, always keep pounding. Always. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.